Hello and welcome to To Live as Christ. We're glad to have you join us today and hope that you will be blessed through today's message. In these uncertain times more than ever, we need the peace and certainty that comes from God alone. If you have your Bible, please open it to the book of Luke for today's message entitled, Doers of the Word, Examples for Us to Follow. Well, it's December already, as I mentioned a little while ago in the intro. It sure snuck up on us, didn't it? Uh, This year has zipped by. But as it is December, I began looking through the passages of Scripture, dealing with the Christmas story, and I do that uh, at this time of year. Uh, As usual, I had a hard time deciding where to begin. You know, do I start with the wise men, or do I go to the shepherds? Do I turn to Mary and Joseph? Or do I go back to the moments leading up to the birth of Jesus to include the story of, the John, of John the Baptist? So I decided to begin with the story of the birth of John the Baptist from Luke 1 with the intention to work my way toward some of the parts of the Christmas story from Luke 1 and 2. But as I began putting this sermon together, I saw a tie-in to last week's message, and that touched my heart, so I wanted to pursue that. And so I wanted to begin my Christmas series by looking at the lives of some of the people we find in the Christmas story and uh, the story right before the Christmas story about the birth of John the Baptist and how these people are good examples for us of believers who live their lives as doers of the Word of God. You may remember last week's message was about being doers of the Word of God and it came out of James and, and so I want to begin today with that passage from the book of James that we used last week. And, and if you missed that message, I um, want to encourage you to go back on our Facebook page here and, and to check out that message. I think God will speak to you through it. And um, with that said, let's, let's go ahead and turn to our passage in James. Now, this will be our, not our focus passage for today. It was a passage from last week. But we're using it as introductory into our message today. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. There God's word tells us, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, as we looked at that passage last time, we talked about what it means to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. That it is not enough to read your Bible or listen to a sermon, but you must also apply what you read and what you hear to your life in a way that God leads you to do that. So that you will live your life in obedience to God and in such a way that pleases Him. That is something that we should all want to do as Christians. Now, if that does not interest you, then you may want to take a good look at yourself and see if you really belong to Jesus at all. And I don't say that in a mean way. I'm saying this in a caring way. Because if we belong to Jesus and have been saved, 
then there must be something inside of us that wants to please God. As we are saved, the character and nature of Christ comes into us. We believe that the Spirit of God comes into us. And, and because of that, we're going to have a desire also, like Christ, to, to please God and to serve Him. And if that's not there, there's something wrong. And we may want to get that checked out, spiritually speaking. Uh, spend some time in prayer. Ask God to show us, why, why don't I have a desire to please you? But hopefully we all do. And so if we do have that desire to please God and, and, you, and you become a doer of his word, then as we talked about last week, and as James tells us at the end of verse 25 there, God will bless you for doing it. And that's an awesome promise to us. Now along with that, God is going to accomplish things in your life that you may have thought impossible. And he will be able to use you to serve him in a way that he has fashioned you to serve. We talked about how we have all been fashioned to serve, made to serve within the church and to serve God. God has gifted us uh, with particular spiritual gifts to help us to do this as we are in Christ and Christ is in us. The thing is that he, God has a purpose and a plan for us and he can accomplish that through us if we are people who live according to his word. Now, the fact that God has that purpose to fulfill in us and through us and uh, for us is in itself a major blessing for us. And it's something that I hope you experience already. Because to serve the Lord with gladness brings such joy in our lives. And there's nothing that can replace that. So we want to serve God. We want to serve Him with all our heart, soul, and might. And we want to serve Him in a way that just expresses the joy of our salvation to Him. These are wonderful things, and so we should have that desire to please God and a desire to serve Him as Christians. Now today I want to look at an example of two people that were doers of the Word, and those come from our passage. Uh, it's the Christmas passage that I was talking about. Uh, it's not yet the Christmas passage. It's in Luke 1, and it's a man and a wife there who faithfully listened to God's Word and did what God taught them to do through his word. And because they lived as doers of God's word and not hearers only, God used them to accomplish something extraordinary in this world. And they were basically two ordinary people, but they were doers of God, God's word. So he used them to do something wonderfully extraordinary. And he blessed them in ways that they had thought that they would never have been blessed. And you'll see that in a moment. Now, these two people, of course, are Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they are the parents of John the Baptist. And we find their story in Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to read quite a bit for you here. Follow along on the screen. I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, this part of the story often gets skipped by, but it's a great thing and a great place to start. So Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, there God's word tells us, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And yet they had no child because Elizabeth was infertile, and they were both advanced in years. That's a polite way to say that they were old. <laughs> they were advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service, 
before God in the appointed order of his division according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. Now an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as the forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the disobedient to attitude of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this? For I am old, an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And I thought that was clever. He, he calls himself old, but he doesn't go far enough to call his wife old. He just says she's advanced in years. Smart man. Verse 19, the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled at their proper time. Verse 21, And meanwhile the people were waiting for Zechariah and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that they, he had seen a vision in the temple, and he repeatedly made signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his priestly service were concluded, he went back home. Now after these days, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among people. In that time, of course, for a woman to be barren and have no children was considered disgraceful. And so it meant a lot for her to have a child. Skipping down to verse 57. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. And yet his mother responded and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted to call him. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all amazed, and at once his mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began speaking in praise of God. And fear came upon all who lived around them. And all these matters were being talked about in the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them kept them in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. The answer, of course, is that this child turns out to be John the Baptist. The man God sent 
into this world uh, in a special miraculous way to prepare the hearts and minds of people for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. Now, as we open up our passage a bit, we will see that Zechariah and Elizabeth were doers of the word, doers of God's word, not hearers only, and that because they were, God was able to use them to accomplish his purposes for them. And that God also blessed them for doing what he wanted them to do as they lived their lives in faithful obedience to him. They are just one of many examples from Scripture that shows us what God can do through us when we are living our lives for him as doers of of his word and not hearers only. So let's begin by looking at some of the ways that demonstrate to us that Zechariah and Elizabeth were doers of God's word. First of all, we find that they were doing what was right in God's eyes. The first part of verse 6 tells us they were both righteous in the sight of God. So they were doing what God wanted them doing, living as God wanted them to live. Therefore, they were doers of his word, being sure to carefully look into his word, to do what it says, and to not forget what they had heard in it. Now, if you may remember those words from last week, those were the three things we must do to be doers of the word, not hearers only. We must look carefully into God's word. We must do what it says, and we must not forget what we have heard in it. So, Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing what was right in God's eyes. Not what was right in their own eyes, but in God's eyes. So, they weren't interpreting scripture in a way that fit what they wanted from this life. They didn't decide only to listen to the parts of Scripture that made them feel good or fit their thinking, and then just ignore the rest of the Scriptures. It meant they looked carefully into God's Word to determine how God wanted them to live and then to do their best to live by His Word. Because that is how you learn to do what is right in God's eyes. You learn by looking carefully into God's Word. Reading it, studying it, chewing on it, learning it, and living it. Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing what was right in God's eyes, not in their own eyes, and not in the eyes of others. They did not change their thinking or behavior to fit the thoughts of the people around them, or perhaps the popular societal viewpoints of their day. They didn't follow the ways of the world, but they did what was right in God's eyes, even if others thought they were perhaps being legalistic or that they were religious fanatics or saw them as intolerant. God's word was the standard for them, even if his word did not line up with the wisdom and the ways of the world around them. They did what was right in God's eyes. They were both righteous in the sight of God not in the sight of people, not in the sight of religious leaders, not in their own eyes, but in God's eyes. And if we are going to be doers of the word of God, we also must do what is right in God's eyes, not what is right in our eyes, or what is right in the eyes of the world or the culture around us, or according to what is popular. But we must look carefully into God's perfect word and do what is right in the eyes of God alone. The Word of God must be our standard by which we live. Kind of like that old children's song, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. 
Another way that Zechariah and Elizabeth demonstrate to us that they were doers of God's word was that they lived a spotless life. They lived spotless lives. Look again at verse 6. There we are told they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. They walked blamelessly. In other words, they lived their lives above rebuke. No one could ever accuse them of not doing what God told them to do. They were shining examples of what it meant to be a doer of the word, or to us, what it means to be a Christian. Now, does that mean they were perfect? Well, of course not. They still made mistakes. Some of those mistakes are recorded for us. Uh, we see, in fact, that Zechariah uh, doubted the angel at first, and so he was made to be silent. They were not perfect people. But they lived their lives so intentionally for God and to bring him honor that they consistently obeyed God's commandments and kept his requirements. And God was able to work through that. We could say it would be like our believing that God wants us to do something. Perhaps he wants us to attend church or to tithe or to show that we are Christians by our love. These are some of the things we think that we should be doing as Christians, that we should be spending our time with the Lord and so much more. And so we would be doing all those things because it's what we believe God wants us doing so that we can be walking blamelessly in our Christian lives. In verse 6, we're told that Elizabeth and Zechariah walked blamelessly in some of the commandments and requirements of the Lord. <laughs> Is that what it says? No. Well, how about this? They walked blamelessly in more of the commandments and requirements of the Lord than most other Christians, so they were just fine and didn't need to do any more than they were already doing, right? <laughs> Wrong. It tells us they walked blamelessly in all of the commandments and requirements of the Lord. We're not supposed to walk blamelessly in only some of what God's Word tells us to do, but we are to be doing all that God's Word tells us to do. And no, we're not going to do it perfectly, but we're supposed to do our honest best to listen to God's Word and do what it says so that we can live lives in a way that brings Him glory. We must be careful to look into God's Word to see how to do that. And we must not say it's impossible, because God tells us Himself that all things are possible with Him. It's not possible for us to do it alone, but God is ready to help us to do what is right in His eyes and to walk blamelessly according to His Word. Zechariah and Elizabeth were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And we can be like them in how we live our lives. But we have to want to do that, don't we? One of my favorite jokes asks, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to really want to change in order for God to bring change to our lives and to transform us to be more like Jesus, and in order for us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, we have to really want to change, don't we? We have to really want to be doers of the word. As long as we hold on to our way and our will and our wants, instead of seeking God's way and His will and His wants, we will never experience the peace and the power and the joy that comes from truly living a life for Christ. 
Those things that we may desire, that God's peace in our lives, God's joy where it seems like sometimes there's so much sadness in our lives, to experience God's power. These things that come from truly living a, a life for Jesus as we are doers of his word and not hearers only. We'll never experience those things if we don't do according to God's word. It seems simple to me. I don't know why this is such a struggle. Now, I know our flesh gets in the way and we want what we want and we get selfish and maybe we don't want to do the work of getting into the Word of God. I don't know what it is exactly, but you know when you look at it like this and you say, if you want to experience God's blessings, be doers of the Word. If you are doers of the Word, you will experience God's blessings. You will experience His peace, His power, His joy, His love. So many things welling up inside of you that come from Him. They're there, available to you. A wonderful, uh, wonderful life within Christ where you feel like you're wrapped up in Him and that nothing can touch you. So many wonderful aspects about that. If we will commit to being doers of His Word and not hearers only, if we will open our Bible, if we will talk to God and ask Him to help us to do what He teaches us, instead of just leaving our Bible sitting on the shelf all the time, or whatever the case may be, or maybe we read it but we never do anything with what we hear, but if we would, if we would read, if we would open our Bibles seeking for God's treasure within the words of what we find there, seeking for Him to guide us and to help us, and, we, and committing ourselves to doing what He tells us to do there, there is so much He has waiting for us. So much. As doers of the Word. And because Zechariah and Elizabeth lived like that, they experienced the power of God accomplishing through them what they could never do without Him. And they experienced the blessing of God in ways that they would never have imagined. Looking again at our passage beginning at verse 13, we see how they experienced the power of God accomplishing through them what they could never do without Him. There we are told that the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John. And we learn a number of things about who John will be and what he will do. Beginning at verse 15, we are told he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink no wine or liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. By the way, that last one is a good argument against abortion. John was filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. God's Holy Spirit fills living human beings. It does not reside inside a lifeless lump of flesh. And so don't let anybody try to fool you and tell you that that is not a life. It's not a person in there. Because there was a person named John the Baptist who was filled with the Holy Spirit from with, while he was still in his mother's womb. Does that make sense? Continuing in verse 16 about John the Baptist, we are told he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to their Lord, their God, and it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous and to, and to make ready people prepared for the Lord. This as yet to be conceived person was the one through whom God would prepare the hearts and minds of people to receive salvation through Jesus. He had a purpose like no other. And his father and his mother 
They had the responsibility to raise him in the ways of God and to teach him the word of God and to lead him to follow God faithfully. And they were able to fulfill this amazing purpose because they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. They were doers of God's word. And because of that, God used them to do something remarkable. As they experienced the power of God accomplishing through them what they could never do without him. And they experienced the blessing of God in ways that they would never have imagined. Picking up in verse 24, we're told that now after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and she kept herself in seclusion for five months saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among people. Because of their faithfulness to God, they were blessed with something they had wanted for a very long time. They finally were able to become parents and have a child. We can't imagine the blessings that God has waiting for us. If we would choose to be doers of the word and live our lives intentionally to honor him, he has promised to bless us when we do that. And we cannot imagine what God might do through us when we live our lives doing what is right in God's eyes and to do what he wants us to do, rejecting the temptations to live for ourselves and to do what we want to do to make ourselves happy. We may not become parents of a Billy Graham or a John the Baptist. We may not even become a Billy Graham. But when we give ourselves to God to be a doer of his word, and for him to use us to accomplish what he wants and to fulfill his purpose in us, then God can do amazing things with us and in our lives and through us. You know, God doesn't need you to be a Billy Graham. He doesn't need you to be a great evangelist. He doesn't need you to be some front-page Christian out there who gets the headlines uh, among other Christians. He only needs you to be willing and to put yourself in his hands and to trust him to do through you what you cannot do without him. And there's so much he has that he will accomplish through us as we become doers of his word and not hearers only. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, there are many examples in scripture of people who are doers of your word. And I pray, God, that those will inspire us to be the same. And that as we look at the lives of some of the people like Billy Graham and other people perhaps we can think of, who we can tell that they are doers of the word, God, I pray that you use their lives to inspire us and to believe that you might do amazing things through us if we will simply dedicate ourselves to following you, following your word faithfully doing what it says in obedience and belief, God, that you can bring amazing things through that. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.